Bonjour, hi, I'm Pascal Auclair. I hope this talk supports you in your practice. J'espère que cet enseignement vous sera aidant. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed. Vous pouvez me soutenir en cliquant sur le bouton sous ma photo. Your support is greatly appreciated. Merci. This morning I'd like to talk a little bit about um, awareness of uh, thoughts. Um, so thoughts is uh, just one other event that happens during the day. Um, it's a phenomena, like uh, like a you know, a phenomena that can happen at the ear door, a sound, the silence, or a sensation uh, that can happen at the touch uh, door, we could say, or an object that could be seen at the eye door. The thought is uh, a phenomena that happens a little bit like an emotion, maybe a mood uh, that is, can be known at the mind door if we think in terms of the six senses. Um, and like with the um, other objects or phenomena, uh, there's a training, there's an exploration of uh, you know, how we're relating to this type of phenomena in the same way that we're exploring and training how to uh, be in relationship with emotions or sensations, pleasant sensations or unpleasant sensations without grasping or pushing away or how to, with balance, with care, meet uh, a phenomena. It's the same thing with, the, with thoughts, how to uh, encounter a thought without clinging to it, without getting identified or fascinated like we often do. Does that happen to you? A thought cross your mind and you take that kind of train of thought and just follow it. Like, wherever you go, I'll go. <laughs> if you go down, I'll go down. <laughs> if you go high, I'll go. <laughs> you know? And uh, here we can bring consciousness. Oh, something is happening. Something is present. Recognizing that something is uh, present instead of just kind of uh, believing whatever shows up in the mind. And that's kind of a basic but deep kind of discernment or non-delusion to actually recognize that a, that a thought is a thought. That's, I would dare to say, I think a rare thing. For many of us, a, a thought is reality, is a fact, you know. This person is against me, voila. <laughs> that's a fact, that's reality. I'm never going to get there. Fact. So, non-delusion, the end of ignorance of the Buddha, is in big part just that. To know that a thought is a thought. It's a thing that, what does it have as a universal characteristic? A thought. It has the nature to... Yes, oh, I love your gesture there. <laughs> To, yes, appear and disappear, if we put it in this way. Yeah, something about ephemerality or impermanent. So it's something that appears and disappears. It's also conditional. It appears because the conditions are there, and often it's a, what we call a conditioning. It means I've been trained to think in this way. There's a really big neural pathway wide open for worry, you know, and the thinking process will follow right in place, you know, and just follow along, because all the conditions are set for it to be there, or anything else, comparing. You suffer from comparing mind? Yeah, of course, very natural. You know, it's been put in place and developed, uh, maybe unconsciously, over the years, and maybe there's a mistaken view. We don't know that comparing leads to suffering, so we think comparing is really useful now that I compare myself with everyone. You know, 
<laughs> or this one that I focused on, you know, or this made-up one that I could be. You know. And so to actually see that a thought or know deeply, clearly, that a thought is a interpretation, perception, suggestion, organization, mental formation, production, generation of mind. Only this. Of course, thought can be very useful. I'm not saying they're all empty. Uh, well, they are all empty, I'm saying this, but some are more useful than others. Uh, but here, in, um, in the spirit of mindfulness and exploration, we want to treat thought as just an occurrence, just an appearance. Isn't that what it is? An appearance. It appears like this. It appears and disappears. Um, and lose maybe some of the fascination and the delusion in believing all of these uh, productions of mind. It's a very natural. There's nothing wrong about it. It's very natural. We were saying in a group, Jack, I've heard Jack Cornfield say that many times. Yeah, the, the mouth produces saliva, nothing to get worried about. The mind produces thought, nothing to get worked up about, you know. But in the same way, you don't follow every drop of saliva. Oh my God, another one, it's so important, I'm going to follow all this saliva. You know, in the same way, thoughts, you know, are just something that, you know, sometimes might reveal something, of course. But, um, and the way that we believe uh, this way in thoughts uh, was really highlighted for me in a very poignant way. I think I would call this a kind of a transmission. So, uh, so I was with a friend, a Dharma friend, who's practiced longer than me. It was made clear in that conversation. And um, this friend was experiencing um, very sudden, new, and important uh, health difficulties related to the heart. So this person would be somebody who would go hiking for days and, you know, uh, very active. Uh, and suddenly this person had uh, maybe a difficulty doing a few uh, steps, you know, like uh, I remember walking on the street with this friend and, you know, if it was going up a little bit after a while, he would just stop and, and talk like this, you know, like just stop and talk. And I figured out, oh, he's actually stopping to take his breath, you know, and or, you know, going up a flight of stairs, he would st st stop on the a midway, you know, and, uh, and so describing the challenges and... Um, you know, relatively young, like many of us here. Um, and, uh, and also not knowing what was coming next. You know, there was a kind of a change, in my perspective, dramatic. You know? uh, so I, I asked this friend, um, you know, what about all you were able to do in the past, like the, the hiking and the, you know, like all the kind of freedom you had and, and uh, how do you hold that? And he was really, really clear. That's where the transmission came in. He was like, oh, Pascal, this is the past. It's just an idea. I've done my work. I'm, not, I'm taking care of now. This is what I've practiced all my life to take care of now. So I, I take care of now, and that's it. There's no, nothing to it, you know. And I was like, oh, I think my mind would have stayed a little bit clinging to ideas of what could have been or was or should be or, you know. But I didn't quite get it yet. So I went with the second question. <laughs> and I said, uh, but what about the future? Like, you don't know if you're, like, it seems like from what you're telling me, you don't know how long you're going to live or what your life is going to be like. You're still quite young, you know. And again, there was this very simple, clear look, looking, you know, like seeing me and like, Pascal, I just told you. <laughs> I know what a thought is. 
you know, I, I, don't, I don't believe in that timeline, you know, that I should have these years. This is a story. I know it's a thought, you know. I take care of here. This is what I do. There's, there's no... I've, we've, and he, I think he was really generous. He said, we've seen through this. <laughs> we see, we've seen through thoughts, Pascal. I was like, yeah, yeah, we have. <laughs> Thinking, I have to go back on the cushion. <laughs> you know, and investigate a little bit more my relationship to thoughts because I buy into some of them, you know, that, yeah, of course, you know, there's a timeline and I should have the right to it, you know, and what if it's taken away from me? This is all a construction. Nothing was promised, nothing is just something that is built. We see that, uh, I was hearing biologists talking about some kinds of monkeys, and that might include us, in my, what I'll be describing. So this kind of monkeys, might be many kinds of monkeys who do this, but this kind of monkey, uh, through study, they found that uh, is able to create an image of itself, a representation of itself. Because the way they can, they can see this is... Uh, the example is that the how, what's the there's an order to it is the the monkey will go and look look around look around find a small rock then look around walk around walk walk in the forest you know and find an, uh, a nut and then walk 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 and go to a, a very pers- particular place where there's a big rock and then we'll take the nut and with a small rock knock the and the, the biologists were saying, so we know that there's an image, there's a, it has a timeline. It says, if I grab a f- small rock, and when I find a nut, I'll go to the big rock. And so there's a representation of itself. It probably sees itself doing these things, you know. It's very useful, thoughts. Huh? It makes you have access to food. I hope for the monkey that it's not the same problem as with us, where we start believing in that representation. It's not just useful for feeding. Do you follow? They start to think, oh yeah, what will this character do after? You know, believing in the representation. And later it will go there, and next summer it will do this. And now we're far away from just eating. It's me in the past and me in the future and me now so much so that I don't care I'm invited to check my breath I don't care about my breath I'm thinking of Pascal <laughs> leave me alone with stepping and sensations I, I don't care I really care about Pascal up there you know I have a representation I have to keep you know entertaining you know Pascal if this happens to Pascal and worst case scenario to Pascal and do you see how far it went Whoops, a little overboard. We got hooked, fascinated, clinging to this representation. And I wonder how this other person sees Pascal and what's their Pascal, you know? And it's just representation. And when we're suddenly invited in meditation to discover what it is to be self, to experience it, instead of thinking about it, we're like, no, I don't want to experience Pascal, I don't care. I want to think about him. I want to think about him later and in the past and who he could have been. And do you recognize something? And you like this something a little bit a little bit euphemism? Disbalanced here, out of balance, you know. We're not using the representation for just for good, you know. We're fascinated by it and trapped, encaged in it. And so here what we do is we, oh, not easy. We let go of this kind of instant gratification of, I want to go back to my addiction. I don't want to be with the breath. Can I just think of Pascal? Just for a moment. I think Pascal after the retreat. Pascal if he goes now and leaves the retreat. And we're saying, hey, Let's experience this person that we <laughs> have so many thoughts about, you know. Let's experience this. Same with others. And I'll finish with this. Munindraji famously saying, the thoughts of your mother are not your mother. They're thoughts. Basic uh, discernment. 
to know that a thought is a thought. And let's uh, do a little exercise, just as we are here. And again, my foolishness was revealed by my dear friend and colleague Anushka when she had us on a retreat to this little exercise. She said, she invited us, as I am now, inviting us to just think of our um, shoes uh, outside. Think of your shoes. These are not your shoes. And I remember I was sitting there, I was thinking, no, these are my shoes. <laughs> They're exactly my shoes. But knowing what she was pointing to, but still I was like, I don't care what you're pointing to. These are my shoes. I'm thinking of my shoes. These are my shoes. And she's like, no, this is a thought. This is an idea. You know, can you actually see the difference? Because the thought of your future is not your future. It's a thought. It's all there is to it. And the thought of whatever else is a representation. It's not exactly it. By nature, it's a little bit off. I think at some point somebody asked the Buddha, is it like this, is it like that, is it like this, is it like that? And the final answer of the Buddha, if I'm not mistaken, is however you conceive it, it's otherwise. <laughs> Pointing to the fact that conceiving is just that, a concept, a creation of the mind. It's not it. You can conceive of the lunch later, but that's not the lunch. It's only going to be a conception, a creation of mind. And it's good to know that it's very sobering you know, to me. So, oh, the timeline. Time, I was reading lately, somebody was saying, a f philosopher was saying, Time, it's just a way to organize stuff in the mind. It's very limited, you know. Okay, I'll put this there and this there. You know, it's, it helps me organize stuff. But can you access it? No. These are just ideas organized. This is time. And here it is. Now. 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 So I think we have a little clean-up to do in the way we relate to thoughts, buying into them, uh, adhering you know, to them. And so let's play with this just a little bit. By the way, this philosopher, I think, was also suggesting that it was the same for space. That it was just a mental way to organize things. How dare you! touch my map of the world. I have it on my wall since I'm eight. <laughs> it exists. You know? Well, can you be over there now? No, you're here. You can only conceive over there. You cannot experience it. Okay, so finding your posture... We might not solve everything just in this uh, sit. We have time on our side. <laughs> Actually, mindfulness is outside of time. When there is really mindfulness, time doesn't count. We're not thinking when the bell will ring. You know, it's just here now. What's here now being known? And so, starting with the first foundation, the body or the environment, if it's more accessible to you, less threatening to think of. If you don't want to be in the body, be with the environment. In a way, it's the same thing. It's, it's encountered by the senses. But it might feel more, less threatening than coming in the body for some of us. So being with the environment, or with the body. With the flow of sensations, with the sensory awareness.
sounds are coming and going. So do sensations, expansion of the in-breath, transforms into maybe the contraction of the out-breath. And if you want, if it's of any interest for you, uh, you could become interested in the next thought that will arise in the mind, just to see if it's possible to catch it. Become aware of it as it comes in, or appears, or... Not so much the content, as much as the, the appearance, its appearance, its presence or disappearance. Could be an image, a word, a few words said or heard. you notice maybe the next one or the gap in between what's in the gap between thoughts Sometimes there's a steady flow of thoughts, many things to be said. We can become aware of this. Sometimes a lot of space in between thoughts. when we're aware of thoughts, curious about this kind of phenomena. Is there more or less of them? What happens when we become aware that there is one? Does it continue or collapse? could even count the thoughts, add them up. Maybe notice where they come from, if, if that's possible. They come from, is there a spacious location? From the back or behind or in front or above? Or none of it, it doesn't work like this maybe? Or where do they go? Is it possible to know? Maybe not.
And if you want, uh, maybe we'll do this last little experiment before go, going back in silence to practice in our own ways. If you want to do this exercise, uh, something I like playing with. You're invited to think voluntarily, just to see what it is to think. And if you want, you could think this thought. I am, and then put your full name, I am so and so. And I am meditating right now. Think this a few times, just to get the feel for thinking. So I am so-and-so, and I am meditating right now. If you say, think this a few times, is it, is it in the way of meditation, of experience? Or is it something that can be known in and of itself? Would you say it's the experience of meditating or it's a kind of a description of it? Not totally accurate, but maybe very accurate. And if you let go of the last part of the sentence and just keep the first part, I am, but your full name, how does that feel? Is that the experience or a description of it? Does it, does it seem right or somewhat arbitrary? Or And if you drop the family name and keep only the first name in the sentence, I am, and your first name, does that feel different? More on, right on, or still limited, or hindering the experience? want to drop the first name, keep just the two first words. If you want, repeat the sentence again a few times, but without even the verb. And maybe dropping that word too.
What's happening? How is it known? If there are thoughts, what's the relationship to them? Is the mind under the spell, identified, fused with thoughts or aware of thinking? Awake to what's happening. Very easy, very natural, very easy to get enamored by thoughts. You know, instead of letting the, the thought be brought straight to the queen consciousness, to become aware that the thinking is happening. You know, we go in the streets, you know, 
all the streets of the walled city, you know, like, oh, let's go this way, go there. And it can be very, very fascinated. It kind of, can be a kind of addiction, you know, that is unnoticed because pleasurable and easy to get a fix. You know, you just have to produce a new thought, <laughs> you know. Um, the Buddha compares uh, mental formations. I'll use that, uh, here this image to talk about thoughts. Um, he used the image of the um, banana tree trunk. And the story is, imagine you want uh, to build a refuge, something really solid. And so you go in the woods, here around, looking for a really strong wood, a tree with hardwood at its center to build a refuge. And you find as there are many around here, you find a banana tree. I haven't walked much yet, but I will later. And so you find a banana tree, and you see the huge leaves, and the big flower, or the big fruit, and you think, oh, there we go. There's going to be hard wood, and you can count on this one. You know. And with your axe, you start axing down the banana tree to find what? In its core? Fiber. It's only a herb. There's nothing solid in there. And the Buddha talks like this about the mental formations that we have. We look at it for refuge, something solid to count on, and yet it's empty at its core. As when we sit here and, you know, there's a big banana production. Later, when I go back home, and then, whoops, falls flat on the ground, you know, and suddenly I'm here again, you know. I haven't resolved anything really, <laughs> but I've been caught in some, uh, and so we can become uh, aware of this. And I think, if I'm not mistaken and understand well the teachings of the Buddha, I think he would say that in the same way that this philosopher might have been saying, if I understood well, that time is just a convenient way to organize stuff in the mind <laughs> or space. I think the Buddha would say that I, I, mine, mine, is just a convenient way to organize stuff with some dangers, Big, being hooked Adhering, fusing, defining, identifying, appropriating. Uh, and it, he says that, you know, uh, I use, uh, yes, I use I. Somebody is asking him, do you say I? And he's like, yeah, I say I, we say I. Those, those who have done their work, you know, we say I, but we know the limit of it. We know it's a convenient way to you know, crack a nut. <laughs> but it, it has some dangers to it. can come with fear of death. What's going to happen to I, you know, that I've been cherishing all my life, you know? Not recognizing nature, nature of arising, of passing, nature of elements, play, you know, earth, wind, fire, you know, taking it personal. Any questions about working with thoughts? Or yes, please. I'm trying to understand the relationship between the thought being empty and noting. Because I feel by noting, you're already giving the thoughts solidity. Yeah, empty. Uh, thank you for asking. So um, the question is about. Um, a thought being empty and then noting it, it seems to give it solidity. So when we say empty in a Buddhist thought, it means empty of a core self in there. That's mainly what it refers to. And maybe I use it meaning also here ephemeral. But when you note a thought, you know, there was an event, it did happen, it was an ephemeral event, you know, it was not a solid, permanent uh, event that had, had, had uh, an in intrinsic nature to it, 
You know, it arose due to conditions. So sometimes we're like, oh, they're cutting the grass. Oh, they're cutting the grass. Is it something that exists by itself? Or it needs the grass to be cut or some sounds to come through? Right? It's conditional. It needs some condition to, for something to arise. So empty means, is a code word almost, to mean it doesn't exist in and of itself. It, it's a play of condition that makes something appear and disappear, and that thing will never be absolutely personal you know, in this way. It can be seen as personal, that's one way to hold it, but it doesn't, it's just a way to hold it. It's not absolutely personal in an absolute sense. You know, it cannot be. You cannot own something absolutely because it might disappear, as we were saying, health, memory, uh, or any material thing that you own. Do you agree that any material thing that you own, you can say it's mine in a conversation, and it can be relatively yours, but it cannot be absolutely yours? Would you agree with this? That it could break down, burn, be taken away? Yeah. So that's what it means by empty. So if you're noting a, a thought, oh, thinking is happening, it means you're recognizing that there's an event an event happening in the mind, you know, it really, in a way, it really exists. You know, for a time, it comes together and dissolves. It's not a thing more, it's more like a, an event, I would say. Is that helpful a little bit? It is, I have to follow up. Yes. Yeah, so if it, if it feels that for you it makes it too solid and permanent, stop noting. <laughs> the noting would be just to bring awareness to, to wake up to something. And you know, here we're not saying nothing exists. Anger arises, so does love, you know. They're just not personal, near permanent, you know. But they do arise in their, their, their part of the, we could say, the building blocks of reality. You know, there is moments of consciousness, there are emotions, uh, there are sensations. These things do exist. For us, it's that we put them kind of in a compact way and say, it's moi, you know. But there's many things happening, you know. In the same way that we make a thing out of ourselves, don't we? Many of us, I think, most of us not recognizing that this is just an event. You know, we think, so that's why, like, don't go, no. If we were to understand deeply that these were all events happening, you know, like coming together and being there for a while, and at some point, of course, conditions change, and sometimes suddenly, it's, it's not easy to be with this. But that's the nature of the world, that thing arises, and not thing, events, you know, so I think of somebody as solid and it shouldn't go and I fear they're going, or mine, you know, but this is delusion. It's a very natural kind of delusion. It's, this is the whole quest to clarify this for ourselves deeply. And when we do, strangely enough, you know, what arises when it's well done is love, care, oh, love, compassion for all these mistaken views, you know. I, think my, I take myself to be a solid thing, and it comes with all kinds of neurosis, <laughs> tribulations and suffering, you know. Not understanding that this comes to be in this past, constantly, you know. Very natural, not easy, but worth clarifying. Just even a little bit can bring a little peace. I remember uh, going in the museum, seeing uh, an installation by uh, Louise Bourgeois. And uh, it was very striking to me. So there in the middle of the 
exhibit room, there was a cage. A cage, and the door of the cage was open. By the way, just saying. <laughs> there was a cage, and in the cage, there was a, what looked like a, a being, you know, because there were legs, kind of regular human legs there. And, uh, but the top part was um, material made in the form of um, your typical uh, turd. Do you see what I mean? Like the, almost like the emoticon. You know, like this. Like this. So there was the cage and this kind of being turd facing a mirror. It blew my mind. It blew my mind. I was like, wow. There's a being that thinks they're a turd. They're fascinated by their self-image in the mirror. Can't see that the door of the cage is open. How about that? And then, even more than this, there's no cage. It's, it's an artist's... Uh, Creation. It's a creation of mine. There's no cage, there's no turd, there's no being, there's no mirror. <laughs> there's no fat. It's all a creation of an artist. You know, it's a mind creation. I was like, wow, this is what we do. Build a cage, you know, turn yourself into a turd, get fascinated by it, and be stuck. Then come to a meditation retreat. <laughs> And start to untangle the tangle, you know, and waking up. Oh my God, there's not, there's no, the, ca the cage is open. There's not even a cage. It's, uh, you know, I didn't try it, I didn't touch it, but may maybe it was just made of material. It was, like, was it really made of iron? You know, was it a real cage? It wasn't. It's probably easy to dismantle, you know. So here we come to dismantle a lot of, uh, of uh, things like this. But it takes a mind that is steady and quiet. It's not easy. It's not easy. It takes a lot of dedication. And you know, in this consumer world, we think, like, I paid for it, you know, I should get it, you know, or, I'm, I'm, you know, I should get it now because I want it now, you know. But monks, monastics, monks, nuns, you know, dedicate their whole life to clarifying a little bit of this. You know? It's absolutely doable. For some, it's quick and fun. For some, it's slow and fun. For some, it's quick and painful. And for some of us, <laughs> it's painful and long. So, and maybe we move from category to category above the times, but... Uh, But it takes dedication, it takes, uh, you know, to see through an illusion, an appearance, appearance, something appearing a certain way, is not easy. It takes a really steady mind. And so here we, the, the retreat is a trying to get these conditions together. Of course, if I'm all taken by me, me later, me later, there's not going to be any seeing of this, it's not possible. So, and here we are in the really middle of the retreat, you know. Many of us have never had so many days of practice behind. And maybe we really clear that we will never again either. <laughs> Still, it's a precious opportunity, you know, to have had that much silence, that supportive conditions, you know. Today is a very, very, very precious day to the best of our ability. Yes, it takes a very steady mind to see through this. It doesn't have to be perfect, but it has to be the best quality we can bring uh, forth or together. And so please be very careful today how you go. Don't, don't miss one opportunity, if possible. So standing up after a practice of sitting is an amazing opportunity to dilute energy or to gather energy. We're always training something here. We're either training going in all directions or obsessing, or we're training coming back, coming back. 
at any moment, unfortunately, there's a training happening. And so, there's something serious about it. It can also be done seriously, both seriously and with some lightness. Because forcing too much, you know, will crash. The Buddha said, you know, how did I cross the flood? How did I cross the flood of confusion, of afflictive emotions, of hopes and shame? And How did I cross the flood, you're asking? Without forcing, without abandoning. Forcing, I would get exhausted and be carried away in the flood of thoughts and everything else. Abandoning, I would get carried away also. Not forcing, not abandoning, did I cross to the other shore, to safety. What can it mean for us just now, this morning? Let's see. Okay? Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.